everybody. How you doing? This is Heidi St. John. Welcome to Off the Bench. Today is Monday, November 30th. It's Mailbox Monday. And today I'm going to answer questions from listeners. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. So I hope you guys had a great Thanksgiving and that you enjoyed my interview with my friend Kathy Barnett that aired on Friday. Um, we are entering into an incredible season. This is a season that is gives so much hope, right, and so much joy to so many people. And I hope that you guys will make part of your holiday experience uh, studying God's Word with me. This is a great time for you to join me at Mom Strong International. We're doing just two weeks, uh, actually three weeks of study for the month of uh, December, but we're just starting to get into the seal judgments. If you've ever wondered about the book of Revelation, this is a great time for you to jump in. Uh, You can also purchase the last month's studies if you want to read up on those, or you can just jump into where we are. Uh, Right now, I do live teaching every Wednesday at the Homeschool Resource Center. Lots of women joining us for that. And so if you're anywhere in the Portland, Vancouver area, coming out this Wednesday, December the 2nd at 6.30 p.m. is when we start. And uh, bring your Bible, bring the Bible study with you, prepare to meet a new friend, and uh, you guys are going to love it. I'm telling you what, you can join me at momstronginternational.com. So important. Also, we have a brand new scripture writing challenge that starts tomorrow. Tomorrow is when that starts, and uh, that's just $2 a month. This is a great way for you guys to also just... uh, support our ministry and really bless the work that we're doing here. So if you're interested in doing that and you want to grow in your walk with the Lord, it's a great time to do it. Uh, Get involved, dive into the scripture writing challenge at momstronginternational.com. All right, you guys know that this is Mailbox Monday, meaning this is the day of the week that I answer your questions. There's two ways that you can leave questions for me. The first one is to go to HeidiStJohn.com forward slash mailbox Monday. And uh, you can just leave, you know, what I always encourage people, if you can, the way to do that is really just to uh, keep them short and sweet and to the point. The next way that you can do it is go to anchor.fm forward slash Heidi St. John forward slash message. And you can leave a voicemail there. And I'm actually going to encourage more and more and more of you to do that. I like putting your voices in here. I think it's um, an interesting way to break up the the segment and also just to say, hey, this is a great way for you guys to get involved and uh, let other people hear your questions. I think it's good. So uh, without further ado, the first question comes from a listener um, who is really in a heartbreaking situation with her church. This question comes from Emmy. I'm going to go ahead and play your question and then I'll answer it. Hi, Heidi. My name is Emmy and um we are morally opposed to the mask for the reasons um, that you are. Um, we are leaders in the church. My husband is um, a connection group leader. I'm on the worship team. Um, we're very involved. And my husband, um, after hearing from our church that masks were going to be required, um, he met with them last night and asked them, um, please, this violates our conscience. May we please worship with you? on Sundays. And they responded that no, um, their decision is made. That would not be okay. We are not allowed in the door without masks on. And um, then they went on further to say um, that he needed to step down from leadership because he's not being submissive. 
how would you handle this? We, we don't want to sow division, but the truth needs to be spoken. Would you just step away quietly or um, appeal? So, Emmy, I just, you know what? I almost cried when I heard your your voicemail because this is the case, unfortunately, for so many people in the country right now. They're finding themselves in t- at, at terrible odds with their churches. Uh, I've been watching Beth Moore saying the most, uh, I don't even know the right even words to say anymore. I don't know what's going on, but there's a divide happening and it's a, a liberal there is a there's a liberal church and there's the traditional church there's the there's the um the church that we have thought that we were always in and we clearly are not and there's something happening and so my encouragement to you just hearing the heartbreak in your voice first of all i i um wow i i hardly even have words to express how much i disagree with the decision that your elder board has made and it might be that the lord is saying you know i hear what you're saying don't don't sow division you don't want to sow division but at the same time you don't want to have your your conscience violated and that as this thing drags drags on and on and on and we see what's happening um in the next couple of days i'm going to read to you guys some articles from the cdc which are bone chilling and they have, I don't know if you guys are watching this, but there are FEMA camps set up all over the place. There are several of them set up in Washington State. These guys are literally preparing for something. And, uh, you know, I used to think that's crazy. That's conspiracy. It, it's not conspiracy. This is actually literally what's happening. We need to be on our faces before the Lord. And what I'm seeing happening in churches, and unfortunately, Emmy, it sounds like your church is one of them, is an incredible lack of discernment as to what is happening. Our government officials cannot just mandate things with just all willy-nilly. And in the beginning of the Rona, we didn't know what was going on. It seemed like the appropriate thing to do. Absolutely. Well, 14 days to flatten the curve. Definitely. You guys, tomorrow is December. And if our churches are still so blind and so uh, so unaware of the circumstances regarding this, then I would be I would not want to sit under the leadership of a church like that. And I've been roundly criticized for it, but that's how I feel about it. So, uh, you know, our church has, has taken a stand. Many churches here now in the, in our area are starting to say, "Hey, we're gonna you know we're gonna sing." Governor Inslee said, "You can't even sing anymore." Except for God said, come into my presence with thanksgiving. Lift your voice in praise. Sing to the Lord a new song. We are called to sing. And so I attend a church. A lot of you guys are asking me the name of it. I go to Radiant Church in Camas, Washington. It's a wonderful place to visit. There, you know, they've added a whole bunch more services so that we won't, we're all crammed into uh, into one service. We got a lot of church refugees coming there right now. Uh, there's another really great church if you're in the Portland uh, metropolitan Vancouver area. Uh, Simple Faith Calvary Chapel is uh, wide open. Those guys are growing also. You know, the church grows in times of trial. And Emmy, I guess I would just encourage you to go to a church where you guys are going to be encouraged, where you're going to feel loved, where you're going to feel welcomed, where you're not going to feel shamed and made to feel like you somehow are less than other people around you. And it's a sad commentary where the church is right now, but there's a shaking happening. I believe it with my whole heart. It's like it's like the Lord is shaking the tree. And if you're not hanging on, if you're not, uh, you know, grafted in, we're watching people falling left and right. And I'm not here to say that, you know, the people in your church aren't Christians or anything like that. But I'm saying there is, the Bible says that we are called to ask the Lord for wisdom and discernment. And I'm amazed and appalled at the lack of both of those things in our churches right now. Knowledge and and wisdom are not the same thing. And we have abandoned wisdom 
and exchanged it for human knowledge. And we need discernment right now more than ever. And so I would, you know, if it was me, and obviously, you know, this is not a thus saith the Lord. This is just the this is just Heidi St. John talking. And so you, you know, you'd have to to really seek the Lord. And I know that that's what you're doing. But I just want to encourage you that the pain is real. I hear it in your voice. And I am praying for you. Uh, next question comes from Hannah. She says, Heidi, I've heard you mention a couple times that you spoke at a high school on socialism and Marxism. This is my second year homeschooling. I have a seven-year-old, a 12 and an 18-year-old. Would you be able to do a podcast on this to help me understand and be able to teach to my children? So Hannah, I absolutely am going to do that. I've already reached out to my friend, Bill Jack. He's going to be coming on the show with me uh, relatively quickly. I've got some friends at the Homeschool Legal Defense Association that I'm reaching out to also. I want to just encourage you uh, a couple of different directions. First of all, the battle that we're in right now, this um, Marxism, socialism, all of these things that we are we are facing, and we really are. I said the other day that Marxism is really just a uh, a violent form of socialism, but a lot of these people are skipping. I mean, they're skipping and they're going straight to communism, and it's it's devastating on a whole bunch of different levels, but. I'm going to encourage you. There's, I think there's a lot of reasons for us to be encouraged right now. I feel like we've got um, patriots that are standing up. We've got more interest now in the history of our nation than I have seen for a very, very long time. And so uh, there's a there's an epic struggle that's happening in the culture right now, and there's no doubt about it. And so I am going to talk more about. I, I think I am going to talk more about those things and what I think God is doing and just try to encourage you. So uh, with that said, I would really love it if you guys would be interested in um, giving me uh, ideas, I guess, of people that you think would be good at talking about this. There are people that you'd like to you know, hear from, if there's people that you would like to um, hear their opinions or hear how they're, they're teaching on this. Uh, we can't pass on what we don't possess. And one of the things that I, that I told the students in California was that Black Lives Matter founders have said that they are trained Marxists and we need to understand what Marxism is because the explosion of lawless rioting on our streets really has been brewing for a long time. It was only a matter of time because 62 years ago in a piece called The Naked Communist, a former FBI agent wrote to warn Americans how communists plan to destroy the system from within. So not by means of a sudden revolution, as was envisioned by Karl Marx, because he was a violent man, but rather through a version of Italian communism. And this was what they called cultural Marxism. And these guys give a nod to the Chinese Communist Party and to its People's Liberation Army. And it's been a long march through the institutions that's really brought us to the brink of catastrophe here in the United States. Much of it began in our schools and uh, I'm, I'm gonna. I'll probably spend, uh, you know, a fair amount of time talking about this in another episode, maybe later on this week. But uh, I think, especially your 18 and 12 year olds, definitely talk to them about what's going on. Um, you got to be able to go go to patriotacademy.com. You got to look up Marxism from people who you know love this country, not from people who hate it. That's the first place I would tell you to go. So, Hannah, I'm working on that, and uh, we will definitely be talking about that more in a future episode. Lindsay writes, would you please discuss tips and strategies for having a large family or a growing family? 
Uh, Lindsay, having a big family was the best thing that my husband and I ever did. (laughs) Uh, All seven of our kids, you know, we talk about this a lot that we just cannot believe that God has been so gracious to us to give us seven kids and now uh, three grandkids. Uh, Watching these kids grow and, and walk with the Lord is it is the joy. It really is the joy of our life. I think, you know, if I go back and I'll, I'll link to some of the blog posts that I've written on this. Lindsay, I wrote a blog post a long time ago called We Never Thought We'd Have a Large Family. Uh, I wasn't a girl who wanted to have a large family. I thought, you know, that was a crazy idea, even though I came for one, but I knew I wanted to have at least three kids. And it's a long story as to how we got to seven, but no, they weren't an accident. I think you know, it was the Lord really impressing upon our hearts as we got older. My last baby was born at the age of 41 and I'm, uh, you guys know I'm 50 now. So that little uh, blessing, that last little blessing turns 10 here in a couple of days. Uh, Actually, yeah, she turns 10 here like in two days from now. And I can tell you that I never, I've never met anybody who wished that they had uh, hadn't had more kids. I'm, I meet people all the time who wish that they hadn't stopped having children. I never talk people out of having babies. Uh, I think that they are a blessing and a gift. So one of the top tips, I guess I'll give you, and I'll, I'll probably just dedicate a whole podcast to this because some of these questions, including yours and the one right before you, these are questions that actually probably would be great for an entire podcast. But I would say the, one of the first things is to lower your expectations, lower the bar. If you're going to have a large family, uh, it, it, um, it takes financial, uh, you have to be willing to shop at thrift stores, except the goodwill. Don't go there. I'll never go there again in my entire life. And we'll talk about that another time. Uh, but I, I think, you know, our kids got, our kids never knew that all they ever had was hand-me-downs. I made a lot of soup. I love making soup. I learned how to make a meal go really far. Uh, Christmas was always a wonderful time for us. The things that the world tells you that you need to have a big family, you know, you need a really big house. You need a lot of money. You need, a, you need, you know, you need, you do need a big car, <laughs> but you don't need an expensive car. And so, I, you know, I think pace yourself. I don't, I'm not a big fan. People think that I, I believe in, you know, uh, no birth control. No, I think that God gave you a, a, a brain in your head. So as women, we understand our cycles, right? We know how we get pregnant. And if we want to avoid getting pregnant, there are ways to avoid it without using abortifacent uh, forms of birth control. So I'm not a, you know, I'm not one of those people that just says throw caution to the wind and just let nature take its course. Uh, If that would have been the case with me, I probably would have had a baby every 18 months. As it was, we spaced our kids out a little bit more. We lost a baby to miscarriage uh, in between our third and our fourth um uh, birth. And that was a very painful season for us. But you know what it did? It cemented the value and the preciousness of life for both me and my husband. And so I always think, man, if if the Lord's put it on your heart and you guys want to have a big family, it's the best thing that we ever did. Homeschooling them, best thing ever. And it's precious. And the world has said that, you know, it's better for you to have a big house. It's better if you have lots of money. I disagree with that a hundred percent. I reject that argument completely. And so I'm going to come back. I'll link back to it. Lindsay, go to the show notes today, HeidiStJohn.com forward slash podcast. And if, you, if you'll scroll down, you'll see articles that I've written on having a big family and tips and tricks. Also, I wrote uh, the Busy Homeschool Mom's Guide Daylight. There's a ton of information in there, Lindsay, on everything from meal planning to chores to organizing your home. All, that book was written for people that want to stay home 
and nurture their families and uh, and devote their time to learning how to raise a family successfully. So uh, check that out, The Busy Homeschool Mom's Guide to Daylight. And I think that will really help you. And I will also link back to that in the show notes today. Next question comes from Taylor. Hey, Taylor, how you doing? She writes, hi, Heidi. I want to say how much I love your podcast. Thank you, Taylor. I appreciate that. She says, the world is so heavy right now and you are such a light. With all the crazy stuff going on in the world, it has my husband and I feeling like we are being led to move out of the city and to a bit of land and become more self-sufficient. Taylor, I think that's a good idea. The problem is, it isn't possible where we live. We would have to move states away from all of our family. We have three kids and one on the way and are struggling between staying by our family who we see all the time in the city versus moving to another state where it would be possible for us to purchase land. Any insight or advice on how to make such a life-changing decision? Uh, so Taylor, first of all, I... I very much value family and uh, I want to be around my family as much as I can. I also value protecting my children. And so these are big decisions that need to be made prayerfully. Um, if if I, you know, I guess it would depend ultimately on where we felt the Lord was leading us. And that's a little bit of a cop out, right? Because you can say, well, now she just pulled the God card, you know, well, God told me. Uh, I think, you know, the Lord really will tell you, but there's a couple of things that you want to take into consideration. How close are the relationships that you have with your family? Would it be possible for you to stay in relationship with them and still move? Do they agree with you that there that there's wisdom in, say, getting... um a pantry stored up with food that you need in case of emergency or things like that. Do they agree with you on those things? Uh, One of the things that we did with our family way back in March, you guys, in the beginning of the Rona, I had such a foreboding in my spirit and I was troubled and I called my family. So there are six of us sisters in in, uh, my family. Most of us live in relative close proximity to each other. Um, Fun fact, so I'm the oldest of my six sisters. So Heidi, Heather, Holly, Haley, Hope, Hillary. See what I mean? There's a bunch of us. And so I called them and the ones that live closest to each other, we got together with our husbands and we came up with an emergency preparedness plan that involved our whole family. And you might want to think about doing that. If you're going to live, stay, you know, I don't live right in the city, but I don't live too far out of the city either. We live out on three acres and, uh, you know, I'm from boring Oregon, you guys. I'm from the country and I like it that way. So we've always tried to live out of the city as much as possible. I believe even more now. And if I ever move again, it won't be closer in. It'll be farther out. But for the time being, we thought uh, none of us had really like this burden to say, hey, we need to move. But we did feel like we needed to come with up with an emergency preparedness plan. We needed to come up with some sort of an idea. So that's why I would say to do in the interim while you wait for the Lord to tell you, should you move, get together with your family, tell them how you're feeling, and then see if you guys can come together with some sort of a plan. So if something happened, you've got the support of your family. You guys have already made a plan. So like we have an evacuation plan in our family. Like one of my sisters actually lives pretty far out. If things went really crazy, we've got, I mean, within an hour and a half, we could be packed up and on our way to her house. And that's what we would do. And so I think coming, you know, um, and if you've got neighbors, that kind of thing, any, any, uh, any plan that you can come up with right now to just have it in your head that you're going to be 
doing the wise thing, right? The Bible actually talks about planning and talks about being wise as a, as a serpent and gentle as a dove. The Bible actually talks about storing up food is a really good idea. You know, I'm not a doomsday prepper, but I like to think that we're at walking in wisdom. That's what we want to do, right? Is to walk in wisdom as we handle the events that are happening around us. And so I hope that, that really helps you, um, Taylor. I think that was a really great question. I love the diversity of the questions that we're getting. And I'm trying to get a little bit more away from so much of what you guys are writing into me about has to do with masks and the Rona. And I think I've made my opinion so very, very clear here. I'm not sure how I can make it any more clear. I'll continue to answer them if they seem nuanced, but I love the questions that are coming in and I really appreciate you guys asking them. Uh, and it just keeps, it just fills my tank too. So thank you for that. We want to appreciate, uh, tell you, we appreciate you guys writing in. Thank you for supporting this ministry. I'll link back to it in the show notes today. If you're blessed by the podcast and you can support us financially, that really helps particularly now um, uh, in light of what is happening around us. And I know a lot of you are suffering as well. We are praying for you, praying for our country. And as we enter into a time of just thanking the Lord for sending his son, Jesus, I want to urge you again, keep your eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. What God has begun, he will finish. We love you guys. Have a great day. And I'll see you back here tomorrow. For more encouragement, visit me online at thebusymom.com.